Hey, welcome to the Vine Church Podcast. We know you're going to be blessed as you listen to this amazing word today. Sit back and enjoy. Good morning, everybody. Why don't we just stand for a minute? Is anybody cold? Raise your hand if you're cold. All right, what you're going to do is clap your hands as fast as you can for 60 seconds. That'll warm you up. Well, let's applaud the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, let's applaud him. Let's applaud the game changer. Ah, right. Take your seats, please. Christmas. I can't believe it's almost here. Christmas for me is about one thing. The day the game changer appeared. Christmas. There's many things that you can exaggerate, but you cannot exaggerate the magic, the wonder, the buzz, the spectacular, the game-changing, world-changing, life-changing, joyous, thrilling moment of the birth of King Jesus Christ. A babe in a manger surrounded by evil and murder and darkness. A moment in history that changed the game forever. I was thinking, what a gift. But as I was thinking and preparing for this, I said, Lord, would you give me a gift? I would like another gift, a gift I could give today. Every word in the Bible is a gift from God. Every story in the Bible is a gift from God. Every revelation is a gift from God. And I said, Lord, I want a fresh revelation this Christmas. Because your people, don't matter how great their faith is, they're in wars, battles, struggles, illness, all kinds of things. And I would love if you could give me a game-changing gift to deliver today. And then it happened doesn't always happen, but then it happened. And I want to deliver that gift today, a gift that I believe will radically change your life forever. Every word of God does that. The Bible says it never goes out and doesn't return without fruit. And so, we begin... Let's begin the magic of Christmas drama. Most preachers' Bibles start in Genesis 3 where, with the bad news. Man's a sinner. Man's fallen. You need to get saved. And bam, bam, bam. It's great. But I love the beginning of the story. The beginning of the story, Genesis 1 and 2. And everybody has their own way of, their own kinds of glasses that Alan preached about. But with my glasses, when I read, when I read, I read um, Genesis 1 and 2, I find the first game changer. I, I want to mention three game changers in the Bible here and, and finish with a, a belter of a gift, hopefully we see the first game changer. And when I read Genesis 1 and 2, I see a doting father 
exploding with outrageous love. That's what I see. I was talking to Michael Strachan this morning. I said, Michael, most doting fathers and mothers, they change the spare room. But you seem to be changing the whole house. He's changing kitchens and all kinds of things, which is great. And as I was looking at that, I was thinking, every single thing God did in Genesis 1 and 2 changed the game. And every single act was a game-changing act of outrageous love. Mums and dads think, oh, would my baby like this color? Would they like this thing? I like that thing. Here's, God is like the most outrageous, doting, loving father. You know, wouldn't you have been like, the, wouldn't you like, when your first baby come along to be like him, hey, let's get him some fish. Hey, let's get him some animal of every kind. Hey, let's change that. Darkness to light. Eh? Let's, get, let's give some, some stars in there. Millions and millions. Ridiculous. And every single thing he gave was far too much. Anybody got a kid that gets far too much for Christmas? Come on. Stop feeling bad about it because God just, he's just far too much. Too much grass, you got to cut it. Too many trees, you got to trim them. He just, he's the God of too much. He's just, his love's outrageous. And so in Genesis 1 and 2, he changes everything, dark to light, night to day, dry land to water. He changes everything. But everything is in the context of an outraging, doting father preparing the spare room for his first kid. That's the beginning of Christianity and religious faith. And if you miss that, then we're kicking off with a different kind of game changer who appears. And so the second game changer, he don't like that. The snake shows up. The snake shows up and boom, what does he do? The dark game changer, he changes the light back to dark. He changes the light Bark to darkness. The Bible says, from this moment on, he'll strike it the heel. How many of you ever seen Toy Story? Come on, Toy Story. We talked Toy Story too long. My favorite line in the whole of Toy Story is the line where it talks about, and Woody had a snake in his boots. It's a great line, and the things were pointing because it gives, this is what's going on here. The snake shows up, and he thinks, hey, how do I get in that boot? If I can get in your boot, I could change your game. From light back to darkness. The Bible makes it clear he's going for the boot. He's going for the heel. And so, game changer number three, we're flipping the movie and the drama far, far forward. Ah. <sighs> To the moment prophesied all through scripture for the game changer number three. The game changer number three, the ultimate gift, his son Jesus. And when you read the Bible and it says, for God so, for God so loved, that word so is just outrageous love, boiled down to two letters. For God so. It's like the kid who goes, how much do you love me? 
and the kid's got to go this much, even though the kid don't like you, but they just got to do it. And so, for God's so, game changer number three shows up. God looks down, Herod's at work killing, the place is in darkness, darkness is taking over, it could not be worse. And God decides it's time to change the game back to light again. And he sends the game changer, number three, his son Jesus. How many are, I don't even know if you still get them, guys, um, but how many of you, if you don't get them anymore, are old enough to remember a compendium of games for Christmas? Raise your hands high. Do you still get them? God forbid you still get them. Because a, a kid, a gift is great, but if, if it's not a gift you can play with, you don't give kids socks and pants. You wait till they're my age. Kid wants something to play with. And I remember one brother in particular, he was brilliant with gifts, and he was a game changer. Everybody give you least gifts, but he decided one year, I'm going to buy Jimmy a compendium of games. And on the front, it's got these big, huge, spectacular things. 100 awesome, totally amazing magic tricks and games in this thing. And you start off with a fish that comes alive. And adults don't realize for a kid that means a real fish swimming in Loch Tay. And you open it and there's a little piece of red cellophane plastic. Remember that? The fish that comes alive, you hold it in your hand to the palm of your hand, heats it. The thing curls up and rolls over. And you, your, your enthusiasm just goes, oh my God, I hope the next hundred are not like that. And so you put it in the box. The fish, right. The jumping bean. The jumping bean. You think, oh, brilliant, a jumping bean, you know. See, when you're five, a jumping bean's a jumping bean. And you get the jump bean in your hand, and it's basically a large plastic capsule with a ball bearing inside. And you tilt your hand, and it kind of flips and flips and flips. Doesn't it jump? But in the box, the magic, amazing jump bean, so you heave it under the couch. <laughs> and you sell for the only decent thing is in the box, which is a ping pong ball and two straws where you could play blow football. And I just, you just forget, the other 100 were trash, but blow football was the baby. Because at least you could do something with it and you could score a win in the enemy camp. Wow! I love that compendium. Well, Jesus comes, excuse the dreadful analogy, but he's blow football. He's come to deliver a blow into them in the camp. No matter about all the other pretenders and false prophets and stuff that have been through this, he's the business. He's, he's going to deliver that blow and remove all the darkness from the enemy camp and bring us into his wonderful light. So Isaiah gives us seven things that's in the box. There's actually 101 things in the box, but he just gives us a taster of what's in the compendium from heaven. I'll read it to you, Isaiah 9, 6. Number one, for, under, for, for unto us 
a child is born. Oh my goodness me. If there's a greater, greater thing could come into your life ever, ever, that moment. How many weeks is it now, Hannah? Five weeks to go. Are you wafting that because you're a wee bit hot or it just goes, Michael's panicking too much? Five weeks, the baby comes. Great. Unto us, a son is given. I wonder how much longer we'll be allowed to write that, by the way. Not just a baby. It's a son. Shout that for the rooftops, eh? And the government will be upon his shoulders. Gift number three. The boss is back in the house. It says the government shall be on his shoulder. Every government that thinks they're running things, bad, good, evil, everybody that thinks they're in charge of this and they're going to change the world. Hey, hey, hey. The government is upon his shoulder. You don't have to worry about it. Trump can do what he likes and may, may not, or may I, or may break, you know. It's irrelevant. The boss is in charge of all governments. That's number three in your compendium box. And there's not even a jumping fish in this box. Number four, a wonderful counselor. You never have to worry about a single thing you don't understand. You talk to Jesus. He'll solve it for you. What a gift. He's a counselor. He'll take you to scripture and he'll show you. Next one, mighty God. Mighty God is in the box. You don't have to worry about being weak or losing the battle. You've got a power available to you in the compendium. Oh, my goodness me. I could see two people getting excited. This is good. Here's a cracker. An everlasting father. Oh, how many in this room have lost your father? Oh, it, it's horrendous. In the, just three weeks ago, my brother, he fell. And he died. And on Monday, I got a text to say, hey, Jimmy, your older sister, she died. God knows what that's like. He made provision for those moments. Whether it be your brother, your sister, your father, or whoever. The everlasting father. Everlasting, everlasting. There is always a father there to be by your side, fill the gap, heal you, comfort you. Let's give it up for that one in the compendium. And then comes the cracker. The prince of peace. If the world needs one thing right now, what does it need? Come on. He needs peace. Mothers preparing for Christmas right now, what's the number one thing they need right now? Is a blooming bit of peace. And I'll go home in on this one. This is the blow football one. This is the one that puts the, go the ball in the enemy camp. This is the one that takes the enemy out the game. And I want to release an anointing gift this morning to change the game. And before I release this gift and I mention this gift, three conditions for the gift I'd like to release this morning. Number one, 
you've got to throw out the old one first. She's just bought you that fabulous new grey furry house coat. The old minging one has to go you in. It has to go first. No point in her giving her it. You've got to keep wearing the old one. You've got to throw the old one at first. Second condition, you've got to download the new one. So we've got to delete the old one, download the new one, and operate the new one daily. So what is this gift I want to share with you? And it's on, it's on the back of that great sermon Alan gave us, theme, the kingdom that come. Here is the gift he wants us to unwrap. Heaven's default setting. Heaven's default setting. You know, you could come to Jesus and get saved. That's only the beginning of the journey. But you have to allow him to delete every one of your default settings. For anybody that doesn't know too much about computers like me, your computer comes with a default setting search engine. And the truth of the matter is that some people would say the most effective, the most effective search engines are uh, Yahoo, some say Chrome, some say Firefox, but the fact of the matter, the vast majority of people just use the one it came with, even though there are better ones they can use. You with me? Stick with the sofa. I know it's a bit gobbledygook, but there we go. Most people still use the same one it came with. This is what computer people tell me. If I'm wrong with those guys, blame them, not me. But there are better ones. There are better default settings. But most people stick with what's on here. And Christians come to Jesus, and he gives them a new default setting. But you know what? Most people just stick with the one that's already on there. There's an amen for you. Do you know, <laughs> and here's the gift. He wants to give you a brand spanking new default setting today on your search engine. A default setting that changed your life forever. Now, guys, if you want to know what your existing default setting is, then just ask your partner how you respond when things don't go your way. If you don't have a partner, just find one. Get one of the Ghana boys or something. Just find, just find one. And ask them. They'll tell you in a second what your default setting is. Hey, we live by faith. Walk by faith, guys. Come on. Now, I want to go through quickly a number of existent default settings that we have. 
And I've got them all, by the way. I've got them all at some point in my life. But every day, I have to switch one of them off and switch the new one back on. And um, so, those existing default settings, this is what they do. They're the snake in the boot that takes your dominion away. God gave you in Genesis 1 and 2, he gave you dominion over everything. When you have, you're in charge, you're in control of not people, but the life, you have peace. But if you let the snake come in, anytime you switch on your default setting, that's not the new one, you give your dominion away. You give your dominion away. And that peace that you talked about earlier, that's the rule in our hearts, ain't there? The thief comes and steals and destroys. Now, how do you know what your default setting is? And in the next five minutes, God's going to show you, guys. He's going to help every one of us see what our default setting is. Your default setting is the thing that kicks in, your response that kicks in when things don't go your way, when your dreams crash, when that thing doesn't work up, when she or he don't show up, when things don't go your way, you have a default setting. We are to respond like Christ, but we know we don't have that full Christ default kicking in yet. So here's a number of responses. Here's a number of defaults that people have. What about rage? Anybody brave enough to admit in this room that when things go wrong, you get a bit of rage sometimes? Come on. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew Perry. Honest man. I'm glad it's Nolan, Alan, uh, Gemma, because you'll hit me without frame. What about depression? What about things go wrong and <laughs> depression just comes straight away? What about withdrawal? When stuff happens, is that your default? Well, just withdraw. What about control? Somebody asks you to do something and you've already got something that night and you could change it, but I ain't changing it because, hey, <laughs> I'm always in control. And the Holy Spirit could not change or move things around. Default. What about bullying? What about when you're threatened that you just react like a bully? What about moody? What about you just go quiet? Because you're a Christian and you don't shout and swear, you just go quiet. You just go in the huffy puffies for the next three weeks. My mum went in the huffy puffy with my dad for three weeks the day I was born. Because he was that deaf and forgetful, he gave me the wrong name. Poor soul had to sleep himself for three weeks. Thank God he did. We had 18 children, no 17. Self-pity. Anybody willing to admit you've got a little bit of default of self-pity kicks in? Come on. Feel sorry for yourself. Come on, come on, come on. Honest. What about rejection? <laughs> they gave Ali a cake. I've never had a cake in 50 years in this church. The pot of the Africans. Spoil everything. I was doing all right till the Africans showed up and gave Ali a cake. Troublemaker, David York. What about rejection? What about rejection? Is that your default? Oh, no, you're too holy. You don't have any of these. 
What about complaining? Ah, you pigs. It always happens to me. Complaining. What about escape? That was one of my favorite ones. Whenever we used to have a fight in our marriage, I would just jump in the motor and boat. It was good. It felt good. Till I arrived at Newcastle, six o'clock in the morning, minus six. There's nothing on. There's not even a McDonald's invented at that time. Standing looking at a TV in the window. You know, back when they had, you used to just put these screenshots up. It wasn't even a moving telly picture. It was just like STV, 10 colors. Man, you used to escape. You used to love it. Oh, that's it. Well, I'll teach her a lesson. I'm off to Newcastle. You wake up in the morning, you're skint, no money, starving, feeling like the biggest plonker on the planet. Hey, defaults can cost you guys. What about people pleasing? What about the pressure comes on? to be real and stand up for Jesus and say no or say yes. But you know, your default has got a demon of people pleasing. So at any cost, at any cost, you can't afford to be rejected by this one or that. You can't be excluded. You can't be alienated. So what we'll just do is switch on the default. Just please. Just play along. What about doubt? What about grief? What about anxiety? Now, all of these things are natural. They all knock the door. But if you have no other default, every one of those snakes is going to be in your boat. And here's what's happened. Those snakes have dominion over your day. All day long, those snakes grow, anxiety grows, fear grows, and, you know, rejection grows. It has dominion. You've just given your dominion away. God wants to give you a new domain name today. Here's the gift. Here's the gift, default setting. You see, because when God created men, he created them in his image. That makes you and I, and here's the gift. Here's the gift. Here's a default setting. He wants you to burn that thing up and get this one emblazoned on your computer. And let this be the search engine for the rest of the day. Guess what the new default is called? Game changer. Game changer. That's you. That's you. God called these people to disciple nations, to transform atmospheres, families, cities, nations, and governments. And every trouble, every trial, every good thing and bad thing that knocks your door merely presents you with a faith opportunity to rise up and change the game, change the atmosphere. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But if your default is stuck in doubt and stuck in fear and stuck in quitting and stuck in escape, then when the game changer thing comes to you, it'll just get burned up with the rage and the rejection and the fear and the anxiety. But the Holy Spirit wants to burn. I don't even know if this is the right language, so excuse me, computer people, but he just wants to burn on whether it's your hard drive, your soft drive, or your 
airplanes. He wants to burn a brand new game changer of a default. So when stuff goes wrong, when stuff happens, something kicks in you. I stood at my brother's funeral singing a hymn and the Holy Spirit came on me. I'd borrowed a pen for my sister and I wrote on the back of the hymn sheet, 10,000 more. 10,000 more. When a seed goes into the ground, it bears much fruit. Well, I'm going to claim 10,000 and you could kill as many as you like, devil, but for everyone you kill, I'm claiming another 10,000. And I'm believing in the next 30 years, God's going to give me 10,000 new game changers. People in all walks of life, all walks of life, change the games. We're being called to transform nations, cities, and lives. And so I want to invite you in a few minutes to download the new one. Confess your default. Renounce it and download the new one. You're a game changer. You're a game changer. When, when you see ladies making little craft things, beautiful little things out of cloth or tweed or thing, they're game changer. They're taking a little piece of thrown away thing and they're changing his game. When you see an artist, he's just taking a piece of blank sheet. He's changing the game. When a little grandchild comes into her house, it changed the game every single time. I was in two minds where to preach this yesterday morning, six o'clock. A tiny, skinny little three-year-old climbs in the bed beside me. You never believe what happened when I was a little, a little child. She says, she's three. She says, you won't believe what happened when I was a little, a little girl, granddad. But quite frankly, I don't care. It's six o'clock on Saturday morning. But anyway, tell me the story. I had a dream. A snake came. And it had spots on it. And it was real. But my dad came and threw it at the window. I said, Angel, you just changed my game. And imagine, you see, when Alan says the kingdom come, the kingdom's in us to change games. Now, here's a cracker. Jesus' disciples, he's 12 and he's 72, and he prepares them and he's showing them what this thing can do. He's showing them that he's changed the most amazing games ever. He's demonstrated to them how the blind got sight, how the deaf got hearing, how the dumb can speak, how the dead can rise, and how the hungry could be fed out of nothing, and how the thirsty could get a drink. He's changing games every day with them to get one thing through. The same Holy Spirit, the same kingdom of God is inside you. You got the stuff to change games. All you need to do is erase your default and get a new one. Whew. You want some more? Or should we stop there? A wee bit more? So, Here's what Jesus said to the 72. In one fell swoop, he erased their default settings. If you ever had a bunch of guys whose default was doubt, was unbelief, 
was fear, was anxiety, was betrayal. They had every default setting you can think of in that team. But Jesus gets 72 of these guys and he gives them the greatest default switch ever. He's like, okay, guys, what we're going to do is we're going to go and disciple, transform nations, transform lives, heal the sick, cast the devils. We're going to change games all over the place. And here's the key. And here's the key. Here's the key on how you're going to do this. It says in Luke 10, here's the detail. He appointed 72 and others, and he sent them two by two ahead of him to every town. Harvest is plentiful, and the workers are few. I'm sending you like lambs amongst wolves. So the Atmo is wolves. How many work in a place like that? The Atmo is wolves. He said, I'm sending you like lambs to change the game. And he said, um, don't take purses and sandals and that stuff. Money and all that, that doesn't change games. And then he, he begins to give them the stuff. And he said, here's the stuff that's going to change every game. This makes you a game changer like your father in heaven. And he's about to deliver them the stuff. The same stuff that we read in Isaiah. He said, when you enter a house, release the stuff. And if they don't accept the stuff, and this is how real it is, the stuff will come back to you. It's brilliant. I love it. It's so real. It's so tangible. You release the stuff. And if they don't accept it, the stuff comes back to you. It's fantastic. So he says, when you enter a house, say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return with you. This is brilliant. This is the number way, one way God has given us. He gave the same one to his disciples to change every game. Your neighbor is troubled. Peace to that house in Jesus' name. Your friend is troubled. Peace to this person in Jesus' name. Your wife is troubled. Peace to this house in Jesus' name. The governor's in trouble. Peace. When you release that, here's three things that happen. You're releasing, you're surrendering the dominion that's there to the Prince of Peace. You're opening the door for the Prince of Peace to come in and he takes over. In Romans, the Bible says this fantastic thing. I forgot to write the, the chapter down, but it says, the, the God of peace, get this one, guys, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Hey, guys, is Satan getting into your feet with that snake in the boots thing? Is he getting trouble on you? Is he getting fear? Is he getting anxiety? There's one way to take that right out of the game. One way, peace. When you say peace to that thing, that's why the Jews get this. In fact, the Jews and the hippies get this better than Christians. <laughs> the Jews just say, shalom. 
It's not just a nice wee hello, cheery blessing. It's a spiritual impartation of power and release. The hippies, they had said it a different way. Peace, brother. We all said that for years and I hadn't a clue what they were talking about. Peace, brother. And then, you know, if you didn't respond, then reverse the fingers. But anyway, it's another story. Forgive me, Lord. One, when you release peace, it crushes the snake troubling that family in Jesus' name. It crushes it. That's it. Second one, when you release peace, it breaks the dominion of the snake in that home and it releases the dominion of the kingdom of heaven comes down in that moment. And number three, when you say peace to that house, that situation, and that's your default instead of rage, arguing, fighting, and anguish. When you say peace to the situation, and you can say it over yourself, I do it many times a day, I have to. It releases the miracle working, transforming power of heaven into your earth. It's awesome. The Jews get this big time. Christians, not quite so much. And so as we celebrate the Christmas this year and they celebrate the Prince of Peace, let it be, let it be that you've switched the default from fear, anger, whatever, to game changer. You are a creative game changer. You have something inside you that can change any situation. One little pastor in Phuket, Thailand, he, he, he was struggling with this, and somebody told him about this. He couldn't get his church to grow beyond. His name, I believe his name is Brian Barton. He couldn't get the church to grow beyond 43 people. And a little lady in the church, she's sick, and she hears about this peace thing, and she comes to Jesus. She's an ice cream seller. And when she got this default, she no longer had a job selling ice cream. Her work became worship. I'll teach you that another time. Her work was worship. So everybody came to get an ice cream. She'd go, peace. Most times under her breath. Because the Buddhists and different ones would give her a hard time. And the mayor in the town of Phuket, his, his name was blazoned all over the papers for corruption. She couldn't get near him. She couldn't get near him. You know what she did? She just threw a bomb. Over his wall, every day she walked past with her ice cream cart, a bomb of peace. She just threw, all oh, right, peace, a peace bomb over the wall. I don't know if the guy's guilty or innocent, but here's a peace bomb. That's what she did. One day she's walking by and she sees him. And she says, excuse me, sir, would you like to come to church on Sunday? A little ice cream seller talked to the mayor, a corrupt one. And he was like, the next Sunday comes to church and the pastor nearly dies. He's a missionary from America. Good guy, Brian Burton. And he's from America and he's like, oh no, my message today is about anti-corruption. And the most corrupt man in Thailand is the mayor's come to church and when he finds out I preach that, he'll cancel my visa and kick me out of the country and I won't be able to minister again. But he had a different default. He had a default, he was a game changer. And he wasn't gonna switch back to fear or anything. And he began to speak. 
And the more he spoke, the more the mare got a longer, longer, longer face. was angry. Sure enough, a week later, the mayor calls him, come to my office. Brian Barton goes to his office, he said, couldn't stand that sermon. It got worse as he preached. Because I'd just taken one million dollar bribe for a land deal for a construction company. I felt so guilty after that sermon. I went back to the agent and I said, take your million dollars back. I don't want it. He said, I can't take it back because the bribe was one and a half million and I stole half a million before I gave you. And he says, in fact, there's a half million. Put the half million in the bag. So he takes a giant brown bag and he says to the pastor, here, there's the million and a half dollars to the pastor. Now, if he had anything of darkness on his default, he's in trouble. The pastor said, you know what, I need that. <laughs> My ministry needs that. But I cannot take that bribe money. A million and a half. He said, well, maybe I'll take it. What do we do? And he says to him, why don't you set a fund up, a trust fund, to return every penny that's been stolen from whoever it's been stolen from and to bless the communities. He says, I'll tell you what I'll do, Mr. Barton, more than that. I'll make you my minister of righteousness for the city. And every land deal and construction deal has to come through your desk first. And you let me know if it's corrupt or no. If it's corrupt, it's banned. So, hey, let's give it up for God. Come on. I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. I got 101 compendium of stories of the miracles that have taken place this week and in revivals in Argentina because the guys did one thing. They released the Prince of Peace into a situation. Can we stand together for a moment? Can we have the band up quickly? Listen up, guys. Just two more minutes, please. Two, two, well, when, when I say two, that, that tends to mean a wee bit more, but very, this is important. This is important. As I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit's beginning to show you what your default is. He's shown you. And hey, I had 101 in my compendium and I still have to cancel one every morning. Now I'm canceling that fear. I'm canceling that unforgiveness. I'm canceling that regret. I'm canceling that depression. And every morning in life, I go, game changer, you are my default. The creative God has put the kingdom in you. And the worst situation, I mentor loosely a, 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 a rock star in Sweden. Her dream was to do a concert all over Australia. She just finished last Friday. I got a message saying, you won't believe it. The lead band, she's not come to Jesus. The lead band on the tour is 666. That's the name of the band. And they've got devil horns and everything. Can you believe that's the lead band? She's just come to Jesus. She says, but I'm here. I'm here. A lot of, most Christians wouldn't take that gig. Playing with 666 in Sydney and Melbourne. She played all over Australia up to last week. But she says, I'm here to change the game. And they were mad at her. They stole her food. They did everything. And when she got home to Sweden two nights ago, her house was burned. But guess what? Fear is not on her default. Doubt is not on her default. The kingdom has come. 
And I want to ask you to close your eyes for a moment and surrender your all to Jesus. Come on, guys. Every eye closed. Surrender your default. You maybe have three, four, you maybe have ten. Are you a touchy person? That's a default. Are you an angry person? That's a default. It's a demon. It's a snake in your boots. Some of you got half a dozen snakes. And that's okay. But God's removing snakes as we speak. As you surrender that thing to Jesus. I'm going to give you two minutes each just to do that. Just to go through and say, oh God, I'm fed up being Mr. Moody. I'm fed up being Mr. Angry. I'm sick of being Mrs. Doubtful. Mrs. Doubtfire. I'm sick of, you know, I'm sick of these defaults. I don't want to live in depression. I don't want to live in anxiety. I don't want to live in fear. I don't want to live in, don't want to live in the way. I want to live with that brand new default. The kingdom of heaven has come to my heart. And I am a creative game changer. God, you're going to use me to transform families, cities, nations, the face of the earth for King Jesus. i got to wake up every morning and remind myself I'm a game changer because the game changer came and paid a price for me at the cross. And you know, becoming a Christian is basically giving up your defaults. And if you're not a Christian today, I want to take a minute just to invite you to seriously think about that sinful default, that angry default, that fearful default. Everything that's not of faith is just a sin. But I want to invite you to surrender every one of these sinful defaults and invite the Prince of Peace to come into your life and give you a brand new default. If that's you today, I'm going to invite you in this moment, quietly with every eye closed, to pray this prayer after me of commitment. Lord Jesus Christ, congregation, you could join in and give us a help. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the Prince of Peace. I've had enough of sinful defaults. I surrender everyone to you. I need a brand new default, a faith default. I don't want to be a loser. I don't want to be a game quitter. But I ache to be like you, Jesus, a game changer. Come into my life right now, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for my sins as I forgive everybody's sinned against me. And I thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Every day of my life, I'll pick up my cross and crucify my defaults. And I'll embrace the greatest default given to mankind. In Jesus' name, amen.